Hey guys, what's up? It's Kyle. Thanks for checking out the show. Um, I want to just hop on here real quick and say a few things. Um, there's so much coming out, right, every day. Issues with the PPP. Uh, is it going to be enough? How many restaurants are going to close? Look, it's real easy to focus on the negative right now. It's real easy to take yourself down to a dark place where you're going to say, my restaurant's never going to be open. I'm going to owe the landlord all this money. Um, I do still owe the vendors. I owe payroll. I owe sales tax. Look, I get it. I completely get it. Um, but I think it's time to really start thinking about what this could look like on the other end. Uh, whether you're a traditional sit-down restaurant or if you're a QSR or if you're you know, a taco joint like mine, start to figure out what your business is going to look like, right? Don't take this defeatist fucking attitude of like, it's over. I'm never going to be able to get out of this. The PPP money's not going to come. There are a million ways you can adapt to this situation. And my plan over the next couple of weeks is to continue to have guests on that are going to share exactly what they do to survive, right? This is not about how things were. Um, this is a situation that nobody predicted. And everybody's situation is different from national chain restaurants to local mom and pop restaurants. So start to change your attitude. I don't know what you need to do. I mean, you know, I know it sounds harsh, but you don't have a choice, right? You know, your, your livelihood and your family depend on this kind of stuff. And um, while no one's been through this before, but you've been through some adversity and um, you came out all right, right? So take a look at your business. If you have any questions, you just want to talk or you just want to, you know, bitch about something, you can always text me 631-965-1300. And I'd be happy to share my experience. If you need help uh, reviewing your lease, if you need help talking to your landlord, I would gladly uh, assist in any capacity um, that you think is right. Complimentary. Okay, this is not a pitch for services. This is a pitch to uh, offer myself and what I know and the team that I work on uh, our services to help you in this really difficult time. So um, enjoy the show. Uh, again, text me, reach out to me on social um, 631-965-1300 if you think I could help anyway. Thanks, guys, and stay safe. Hey guys, my name is Kyle and Sarah, and I'm what most people describe as a restaurant guy. I have one purpose in this podcast and on all my social media platforms, and that is to do my part by sharing my experience and what I've learned in helping to reduce the failure rate of restaurants in this country. Look, I didn't do everything perfect. I don't have all the answers, but what I can share with you is my experience, what I did right, what I did wrong, and what I would do exactly the same. I'm also going to have guests on who are going to tell their story and help share some of their insight so that you restaurant owners and operators can learn from other people in the country, realize that you're not alone. A lot of these issues we all have had, we've all experienced, and collectively we can do our part to help make sure that restaurants continue to thrive in our communities and continue to be sources of uh, employment, places of gathering, and whatever comes in the future, we're all going to do it together. So this is the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. Thanks for listening.
All right, Barry, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I know times are a little hectic and you might be backed up on multiple Zoom calls. So I appreciate you making time in your schedule for me. You know, Kyle, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like one Zoom call after another. I've uh, I've done more Zoom calls, and you probably have too in the last week than I think I've ever done in my life combined. So yeah, it's uh, crazy times, but yeah, it's is a time when we try to be there for the folks we work with. I mean, yeah. Are you the same approach? So uh, for those who don't know, you want to give a little background, background. on exactly what you do, um, and uh, explain where you're at and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so I'm with, I've been with Marcus and Millichap. Uh, it's a nationwide uh, brokerage company. Uh, I've been with them for pushing about 20 years now. And I specialize in selling uh, investment commercial properties, but net lease properties in particular. Uh, we do those, I do those nationwide. So I work with a lot of uh, restaurant operators, franchisees, uh, investors that own and, you know, own and operate and sell these, you know, the single tenant properties you see all over the country, all over the landscape, you know, the Taco Bells, the McDonald's, the drugstores, the banks, those sort of things. And we sell uh, more regionally, kind of in Florida, we sell shopping centers. Uh, and I've done a lot of those deals over the years. And you know, in total, it's traded you know, well over 500 properties, um, north of a billion five. So we, we, we do a lot of these transactions all year. And therefore, you know, talking with a lot of investors and a lot of operators is you know, during these crazy times, trying to help them and coach them through all of this as best we are all able to get through it. Um, so that's kind of what I've been working on. So safe to say, like you said, your Zoom has been quite busy. What kind of conversations are you hearing from, you know, let's start. I spoke to Beth Azor the other day and, mm -hmm. you know, to get the landlord's perspective, what kind of, yeah. um, what are you hearing from the big boys, uh, quote on both uh, restaurants uh, in regards to what they're doing? I saw some stuff come up overnight, but I, I always like to hear the boots on the ground stuff. As far as the operators themselves? Yeah, I mean, in both sides, operators, landlords. Yeah. Um, operators, it's, it's across. I mean, I say landlords, too. It's kind of across the board. I mean, there's in one extreme, you've got, you know, let's say a Cheesecake Factory is an example that, you know, it's kind of become well, well reported that they, they basically sent a letter out to all their landlords, effectively saying for four months, we're not, we're not paying anything. Right. Uh, I've seen Tal, you know, on the other extreme, on the other side, I've seen Talpin. Uh, it's been reported that basically said, you know, sent out a letter to all their tenants saying, don't even ask. We're not accepting it. We're not giving any concessions. Uh, so I think those are kind of the two extremes. Yeah. I've been coaching the folks we work with. I, I like more of a approach kind of in the middle, which is from a tenant standpoint, explaining what you've done. I mean, if you're yeah. a franchisee, what has your franchisor done for you? You know, also just, you know, reporting out, here's what we've done. Here's, you know, here's where our sales are at. Here's the hit we've taken. Yeah. Uh, we've reached out to SBA. We're, we're analyzing the, the uh, stimulus package. We're reaching out to other sources. Now we're coming to you, and here's why. Um, for discussion, I mean, I was talking with a, win a franchisee a few minutes ago, and he said he sent out a letter saying, look, here's everything we've done. Let's, can we schedule a call in the next couple of days to discuss our situation and how we can work together through this? I said, that's, I love that approach, uh, yeah. as opposed to, basically the, the letter of, you know, like cheesecake, basically shove it. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and, and, get, and from the landlord standpoint, I think it's the right approach too, that it's not the Talman approach saying we're not doing anything for anybody. Cause I don't, I don't think it's realistic right. in this, you know, where we're at today. Yeah. Do you think that's just a knee jerk reaction? I mean, that's just like, we don't really know what's going on here just yet. And 
we're sticking to what you signed and what you agreed to. We're holding your obligations until they get a little more information. Or do you think that's really going to be a hard line? Like, I mean, you kind of said it, but this can't be a hard line that they can hold up long term, right? I wouldn't think so. I mean, if they are, they're going to have a lot of vacancies. I mean, I know another large retailer that did similarly, uh, that sent out a similar letter about a week ago, effectively saying, uh, no concessions, don't even bother asking. And now they've they changed their tune just the other day, I think uh, over the weekend. And now they're, they've publicly gone out and saying, we're wonderful. We're, get, we're giving two-month rent concessions to all our tenants. So they kind right. of went from one extreme to exactly the other extreme. Um, so yeah, I, I think you've got to realistically, if you're a landlord, you're going to have to work with some of these tenants. I mean, it's, right. we can't, you can't put your head in the sand, pretend there's not challenges out there. And I think if you do that approach, then again, I think you're going to be left with a lot of vacancies. And I think at the end of the day, you're going to be, you know, them, the landlord, I think you're going to be worse off than if you took a different approach, a more tactful, a more concilial you know, approach to, to try to work with the tenants that are really trying to make it through this. Yeah, and these landlords were facing an environment where it wasn't so easy to rent spaces to begin with. You know, when exactly. Kind of so, I mean, the last thing they probably want is the space back. So, um, yeah, you yeah know. no, I mean, if you've got a vacancy, I mean, like your conversation with Beth, I mean, if you've got a vacancy right now, this is not an easy time to go fill a vacancy. So, why would you, why would you not work with a tenant that's exhibited what they've done and they've shown they're trying to get through this? Why would you not work with them? as opposed to basically giving them no option but to shut down and then, okay, great. You got a vacancy. Now go try to fill that right now. Yeah. I think what's going to be tough is for some of these restaurants, you know, a lot of mom and pop restaurants who maybe have relied on their landlord or have, don't have such a great relationship or, um, you know, to kind of come to them, you know, their hat in hand, like, Hey, look, can we uh, kind of work things out here? And I mean, that may be a big hurdle for some of these guys. Don't you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it kind of depends on your debt situation too. Mm -hmm. uh but no right. no doubt i mean some are better suited to try to work with tenants than than others in reality yeah and i know we were talking on linkedin uh yesterday or maybe the day before you know a lot of these restaurants don't have the the, the capital to you know float themselves for a couple of months you know a lot of them are dependent on the money they make today to pay the bills from last month so um in that regard i'm just scared that um there will be, I mean, from a, from a landlord, I'm nervous that there won't even be operators to take these spaces. You know, my best bet is to work it out with the guy that I already have here. And I think the stimulus package, the, the care package or whatever, however that's, uh, I forget what it's called, but that seems like it might be a real lifeline. Do you see landlords reaching out and offering assistance and getting information around that? I have not yet. I mean, to a degree, but now I have not, I mean, obviously it just passed on Friday. So yeah. not, that's an interesting thought. Now I've not had any yet where I've been talking with a landlord and they've kind of gone, done some homework and summarized it and, you know, delivered to the tenants here, the phone numbers. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be a great approach uh, for a landlord to take, basically try to make it as easy as you can for the tenants. And you know, hear all the phone numbers, here are the websites, go, go to it. And we encourage you if you need, you know, even help. Um, I think that would be a, a good approach to, to try to help the tenants with all of that. I, I've seen some, uh, again, using Beth as an example, I think she's provided, you know, here's contacts at yeah. the SBA. Uh, so I think that's a great approach to, to do that. Try to make it as easy as you possibly can for your tenants. Because in reality, I mean, they're your partners. So you want to, you want them to survive through this without a doubt. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's that trickle down effect. You know, I think the landlord saying, Hey, you know, I understand that, you know, you think I'm the big band landlord and, and Beth alluded to this the other day, 
Um, but I can't float myself either. And, you know, and it goes also for the landlords to the farmers, to the vendors, right. to everybody. And then you roll in the, the employees who, who are trying to, you know, pay their bills. It's just right. it's hard to fathom either. Like even just trying to talk about it, I can't even wrap my head around the, the you know, the enormity of this situation. Yeah, and, I, and I don't know that we know it yet. Uh, I mean, it's, we kind of now know, for lack of a way to put it, that you know, we're, this is our world at least through for the next 30-ish days through the yeah. end of April, based upon the announcement yesterday. Where does it go beyond that? We, don't, we obviously don't really know. So it's something we've got to all deal with. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I do, on the other side, I actually am optimistic. I think there will be opportunities out there Thank for you. those that do survive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, so I, 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 I think when we get through this, things are going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's painful now, but I, I think there's going to be some great opportunities on the other side of it for those that make it. Yeah. Now, have you deal with a lot of, like, the bigger national guys. Have you seen any of them do, you know, a lot of the local ones we've been seeing pivot, you know, in terms of their offerings and, you know, taking their menu and breaking it down into something a little bit more, you know, family-sized or right. a little bit more maybe cook-at-home kind of thing. Have any yeah. of the national guys, I mean, a lot of them are drive through so they're kind of built for this already. Have you seen anything unique out there that you think might work for the smaller restaurants? That's interesting. Um, from the nationals, honestly, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, not to say they haven't done that. Uh, not that I've noticed, honestly. I mean, I, like you said, some of them have reduced down the menus, and I'm trying to think of maybe like Chipotle has done this, but I could see a scenario where you, I mean, obviously they offer, you know, kind of catering packages, yeah. but. I can say, you know, here's a, you know, a meal package for a party of four, six, eight, and it includes a, you know, kind of a, a set menu of sorts. I think that'd be a great approach if they haven't done that. I've seen some locals, like you said, I mean, I've seen more locals do that. Yeah. In fact, our family, we ordered Friday, there was a local restaurant we like, and they had a, basically a family style offering of for four, six, or eight. We have a family of four, and frankly, we ordered the we ordered the package for eight and we, that's what we ate for the next three yeah, days. Right. So. I know. And that's, you know, that's exactly what we do at the taqueria. We package some things for, um, you know, here's the pack of tortillas, here's the meat, here's everything else. And I've seen some yeah. restaurants really go above and beyond of what they're doing. Cause now that you can serve here in New York and Connecticut, you can make like pictures of drinks to go home for people. You can sell beer and wine to go. So you, you have the opportunity to sell, but you know, you're doing it with less staff. So there has to be that from the owner's side They they got to navigate that. Right. Agreed. So you had mentioned when this shakes out, you think there will be some opportunities. Anything specific that you, you'd be pointing to, or you just think this is just going to be an overall land grab or, or business grab by larger private equity groups? Is there something that you think that the smaller mom and pop guys could, you know, start to plan for if they have the cash to make it happen or something they could at least um, start to maybe implement now to prepare themselves? Yeah, I think there's going to be tremendous opportunities in reality. I mean, I think you're going to see there's a lot of folks that are out of work right now that have an entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe that's a, you know, opening up a restaurant. I mean, we saw that 08, 09, the last cycle where folks that were started opening up some restaurants and those entrepreneurs out there. I think there's going to be a lot of those folks that come out of this, whether you know, there's going to be access to, to spaces and customers that wouldn't otherwise exist. So I, I think both nationally and for a local operator, there's going to be some tremendous opportunities out there. I really do. Yeah. I think it's going to be, you know, it's hard though, because I feel like we were in a place um, where landlords were starting, you know, for a while it was like, okay, no food in this space, no food, right. 3,200 square feet, no food. But now you know, I th it was starting to turn the corner where like, okay, we need these restaurants. They kind of bring vitality. They bring traffic. 
Um, do you think that this will bring more pause back to the landlord again, like give them a little bit more thought about bringing restaurants into their center? Or do you think we're going to just kind of collectively want to bring everybody back to the way it was? Yeah, I think, I think the latter. And I think we, just the way retail is, I mean, we've seen it, you know, you and I, I mean, over the last several years, retails become, you know, we've, we've talked about on LinkedIn all the time, retail is the new anchor. Uh, I'm sorry, restaurants are the rather the new anchor. Uh, I, I see no reason to think that's going to change. I mean, I think it's actually going to grow even more that direction going forward. So no, I, I think we're going to pick back up when we get back out there here in the next, you know, three, you know, 30, 60 ish days. So right. um, it's short term pain, but no, I, I do. I'm optimistic and I see no reason to believe that that's not, you know, we're not going to pick right back up there. I think folks are going to be wanting to go out and dine and, go to these establishments again very, very quickly. Yeah, it's going to be like a boom, right? I mean, that's what I, I mean, I anticipate. I mean, it's hard because it's not hitting all of us nationally on the same scale. So it's hard right. to realize the full impact. But um, I think that I think it will be followed by people are just going to be, be locked in their house for two months, you know, three months, potentially. They're right. going to want to go out there. I mean, it's just going to be tough to know when we get the all clear. Um, Agreed. And, I mean, there's going to be, I mean, there's some, some degree, I mean, there's a lot of people that are struggling going to come out of the struggling financially. So is, you know, is fine dining going to take longer or is the QSR? So I mean, that we'll have to kind of wait and see, but overall, as far as the sector, I'm, I'm quite optimistic. I think it'll hit the ground running very quickly. I really do. I'm glad to hear you share that. I value your opinion. Uh, <laughs> so in, in regards to the legality and, and leases, and I know this is a tricky conversation, but yeah. um, you know, a lot of guys are just like, you know, you see some of the big names. I think I saw Brio and a bunch of these guys just handed their keys back uh, yesterday or this morning or over the weekend sometime. Are they – do you recommend that? I mean, I know we spoke before about the landlords and trying to establish, but what are the ramifications here? I mean, I think if the landlords start to get some of this money from the stimulus package and you're a guy who just closes up shops and walks away, he may have the resources now to say, you know what? No, you did that. When things were wrong, instead of coming to me, you closed up shop and kind of just left me out to dry. I mean, obviously that's not a, that's not a route that you would suggest, right? No, I, you know, not at all. I mean, I think the, the brands that do the right things now and work with their landlords, they're going to be the ones that thrive going forward. I mean, they're going to be the ones that get the, the great real estate that maybe becomes available or that landlords want to work with. So not, these are the times that reputations are, are made and frankly broken. Yeah, uh, and I think those that you know do it the right way, as as we'd say, they're going to have the opportunities going forward. And yeah, frankly, the customers, the the consumers know you know as well who's who's out there and who's doing the right thing and working with trying to help them through these challenging times. Who's been you know trying to keep employees going as well. Yeah, I think that's a factor also. I think the reach out by restaurants and retailers at this time too, like hey, letting you know where you stand could be a big, you know, huge asset for the, in their marketing. You know, like hey, we're still here or we're not here. Here's why, right. and here's what we're offering. So that's exactly. funny. I see a lot of these restaurants and, and even some, some brokers and stuff in the world that we live in who didn't normally use social media. I don't know if they maybe just out of boredom and they're like, okay, now I have the time yeah. to kind of figure it out. I mean, it's really been interesting to me, the stuff that's coming out on social. It's, been, it's turned into like our news platform. It's turned into like totally, even more so, I know you and I are in it more, but for those who are not in it, it seems to have now taken the place of the TV. It's been like our, our real online community. Agreed. And I think there's a lot of brands that now, you know, it's just a great way to reach 
the public. Uh, so maybe if they weren't using it before, and then, you know, there's obviously brands like Wendy's and others that have yeah. been, you know, very attuned to it. But otherwise, it's a great way to reach the masses and reach their customers or potential customers and let them know, you know, here's what our menu is, here's where we're open, here's where we're not open. Uh, so now I think we've certainly seen that continue to grow as well. And I think that'll, you know, once they've done that, I don't think they're going to go backwards on that. So I think that's going to be, you know, continuing to grow going forward. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think what it is, I talked a little bit about this the other day too with a buddy of mine is now we're going to sort of like level the playing field a little bit. So guys like who have been working on their social media presence or brands have been working on their social media presence. Now you have a chance to really establish yourself and kind of say, okay, we're on the same level now. We, everybody got wiped down to zero. Who can communicate and who can kind of navigate this landscape better? So I think it points to an opportunity now to sharpen your act, so to speak. And I think that's where opportunities, even for the local operators that maybe have been some of those that have been more attuned and, you know, using Instagram and getting a social media out there and connecting with their customers and the public. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for them to continue growing that and differentiate from the, some of the nationals. And I think when we're out of this, I think there are going to be a lot of consumers that want to support the local operators. Uh, so I think it'll be a great yeah. opportunity for those that have really excelled at that going you know, through the process and before. Yeah, and I have to tell you, like, just speaking from a perspective of living it, we've had a lot of reach outs from people in the community, and they're like, how can we help you? Like, we have a a local group here. They're like, we have a newcomers group to the town, and we want to have a happy hour, and we're going to have people pick up drinks and food, and we're going to do a Zoom call, and we're going to put it here, and we're going to promote your restaurant. I thought that was great. You know, I think it's great to see the community actually reaching out and supporting it. So I think it really is like we are all in this together. It's all intertwined, all coming together. And we've seen so much talk about, you know, help small businesses and help uh, local operators. I think now that'll be a change. I think we'll come out of this where a lot of people, I think, are going to be attuned to that and trying to help the local businesses that are in their neighborhood and whether that's restaurants or otherwise and, uh, you know, try to help them through this now. But then when we're done, those that make it through it, I think they're going to see a big boost in their customer base. I really do. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the, the other thing to start to plan for, because it's not so easy to do both um, as an operator or even in, in business is how do you prepare yourself for that time for coming out of it? So like, are you like, how has your business, your day-to-day business routine, so to speak, changed now? I know it's a lot of triage work, but other than that, what, what, what does it look like as opposed to what it was? I'd say mine has been very similar, just continue to stay in touch, talking to a lot of people, uh, clients. Um, I don't work with as many operators as, as you do, so I'd actually be very curious of what you're saying on the operational side, because I think that's a great point when this, when we're past this, um, are, they, are the companies able to ramp up staffing right away? Are they able to, do we come out of this and stagger, you know, kind of staggered slowly, or do yeah. we you know, one day we're open and, you know, it's full goal, full, full bore, the company, you know, restaurants are staffed up full tilt, or is it slower over a couple of week period? I'd be, I'm kind of curious to hear what your thoughts are on that. You know, I, I, I think it, it's interesting. It's all the things that you hear people talk about, like how to treat your employees, how to treat your customers, the experience you offer and how important it is, how important it is to the, the success of your business. And it's always under this big, gigantic umbrella, umbrella. Like, yeah, yeah, I get it. We're supposed to be nice guys, treat our employees fairly, offer a good product at the right price. But I think what's going to happen, particularly from the staff, staffing standpoint, is there are a lot of servers, hosts, bartenders who make tips, right? Maybe at a restaurant that's successful, but ownership is not 
the nicest group, right? They're not the best. They make them work long hours or whatever the case may be. I think it's going to be another boom for these successful operators in terms of staffing because they're going to get all these staff that were sort of like held hostage at these places because they couldn't leave because they were making the money and there weren't jobs available. And it's going to shake out and say, that's a good group to work with. That's a good group to work with. That's a good, they did this during this time. They did that during this time. And I think that's going to be, you know, your employees are the key to your, to, to the foundation of your business. And I think that's going to be a major, major, major piece. If you're a good guy or good gal, you run a solid operation. I think you're going to have people beating a path to your door. That's a great point. I mean, it's basically, which we've probably really never seen, it's effectively free agency in every single yeah. server, general manager, for the most part, they're, they're out there for the taking. And yeah. Right. I love that uh, analogy. I love sports analogies. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really you know, the best, the best employees are going to look for the best employers and best employers got to look for those that you're right. I mean, so the strong, and again, this is what I've been thinking. I mean, the strong are only going to get stronger. And you make an excellent point as a race to an employee. They're going to come out of this with the best servers, the best yeah. hostess, and they're going to, they're going to kill it. I, I, that's a, I, I love that idea. You know, I, I also think, you know, the, the challenge though, um, you know, I think in coming out of this and the ones we're not prepared, obviously, like we said, they're not sitting on a ton of cash and even these, these bigger groups are tapping lines of credit and all that stuff. But, you know, is to think about the vendors, you know, and how, you know, they've got bills to pay and how quickly they're going to be able to ramp up. And, you know, assuming that you were able to stay afloat or stay current um, or at least have a conversation to defer your payments, whatever the case may be, it's not going to be so easy to ramp up product. You know, I think that's going to be a huge impact, you know, and I think, again, it will be an eventual boom, but it is that trickle down thing. And who knows how, how that's impacting, you know, farmers have stuff they can't sell right now. Right. You know, so it's, that's interesting. So I wonder, do we open with, Maybe that first month or several weeks is more of a limited menu yeah. uh, based on what they can get uh, exactly. in stock. Yeah, and you make it, I mean, maybe, and then do some smaller operators, do they have a harder time getting product maybe? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think like, you know, the, the Cisco's and the U.S. foods of the world are going to gobble up a lot of that stuff that's there. I mean, I'm sure some of that, you know, some of the perishable stuff, who knows? I know a lot of, a lot of these guys around here in New York have, um, made themselves available to individuals. Whereas you used to only be able to buy if you had an LLC, you had a restaurant or you purchased a buying group or something. So who knows what's going to be available, but the impact, I guess, just like anything else is yet to be seen. I say, I mean, this is in reality, it's unprecedented. We've just never been through this. Obviously we've been through other economic cycles and there's been periods where maybe sales decline, but we've never, I'm not aware of any period, certainly not in modern history where we literally had a shutdown to the system and that's what we've kind of then got to turn the engine back on and i actually think it'll come very quickly because i think people when the sit when the all clear has sounded yeah uh, i think we're going to be as a society it's going to be just like a, a, the you let the bulls out of the gate i mean I, people are going to be so excited to get back and get back back to work get back to business get back to spending get back to yeah. the restaurants or favorite spots i i think it'll just be like something like we've never seen before so aside from restaurants and some of these you know i think lawyers are going to be busy and you know yeah. hopefully guys in our industry will be busy doing work on both sides what other industries do you see coming out of this or even now um having you know this being a boom to their business right i mean who i mean medical but anybody else that you can think of i'm trying to think yeah i mean certainly the medical sector 
um, the attorneys, like you said, I mean, certain retailers, you know, the grocery operators, mm -hmm. you know, just serving them, the Walmarts, the Costco's, anybody that's serving them. Um, aside from that, I mean, I'm trying to think, I mean, it's in general, it's not good for most. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm trying to think offhand and I, but I, I think, you know, maybe some tech companies, I think they're going to be some, one thing is that I think we're going to see, you know, six, 12, 18 months down the road or a couple of years down the road. I think we're going to see some new ideas because yeah. there's been a lot of brain power just kind of sent home. So you probably got some folks that are sitting there in their garages and creating new concepts, new ideas. I think we'll see some ideas that are being incubated now. So maybe there's some phenomenal breakthroughs that are going to show up 24 months from now that otherwise would have never happened. I mean, you forced, I mean, you think about Google and Microsoft, I mean, all these companies yeah. that started in the garages. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of geniuses that have been forced to their garages for yeah. 30, 60, 90 days. So I, in that regard, I think we may see some phenomenal breakthroughs technologically, economically, health-wise, maybe that we would have never had because of the other than because of this, but those will show a couple of years down the road. I think on retail, you're going to see some brands emerge that would have never emerged that, you know, two, three years from now, I think there'll be some amazing concepts and amazing brands that you and I don't even can't right. think of because right. they're being incubated now. So I, those would be some ideas I have is just that we're going to see some amazing concepts and technologies that come from this in the next few years. That's a, that's a great point. These people who have, you know, um, side hustle jobs or ideas that they've been creating or that they've been working on from seven o'clock to two in the morning uh, every day. Now that they, their other job, they can't go to it. Now they can really invest in, yeah, who knows what kind of right. comes out of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would think there's a lot of entrepreneurial venture capital that's looking for places to place that money. Yeah. Because I mean, you've got some, whether it's individuals or teams of individuals, there's some you know, phenomenal brain power out there that I'm sure is sitting around noodling different ideas and coming out and seeing this, frankly, as a, an opportunity to, to, to serve maybe a need they're seeing now or just something like you said, they've been working as a side hustle, but now it's, they're working on it 24 seven yeah. and you know, in and, and 60 days they'll get done what would have taken them years and may, or maybe it never happened. Yeah. No, that's a fantastic point. I mean, I think it's important now to look at those kind of silver linings. It's so easy. I mean, yeah. I, I stopped looking at the news. I tune into our governor Cuomo speech every day because I find him to be the most steadfast. I don't know if you've seen any of his mm -hmm. stuff, but he's like, a little bit. He's very like, this is the way it's going to be. It's going to happen like this. You know, here comes the fastball. What's going to come like this? And you're going to have to deal with it. You know, there's not a lot of editorializing there. But, um, you know, I think yeah, that's not, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's interesting. The guy I'm, uh, you know, I pay attention to is Bill Gates. Um, yeah. I respect the hell out of him. Uh, he knows a lot about medicine. Uh, I don't think he has a really an agenda. And um, so he's somebody I, from the standpoint of what's happening now, uh, and again, his example, we talked about just sheer genius and how they started up a company. There's people like him, but he's a guy from a medical side. I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching the news much at all. Uh, but I, I like hearing what does Bill Gates think about all of this? Cause I, yeah, he's, he seems to be kind of nailing it as far as what's happening. I don't, I don't know too much about what he said recently. I know that 2015 speech or Ted talk, whatever it was that he had given, you know, basically people are saying, oh, he predicted this, but what is, what is he saying now that's giving you confidence or just, is he just helping you navigate or? I guess helping you navigate and just, I know when 
Trump was talking about we're going to open everything up by Easter Sunday, he was, Gates was out there kind of, which I think a lot of the doctors are as well, looking at it just medically and saying it's just not realistic, that's not feasible. Uh, we're going to have you know, tremendous fatalities if we follow through with that. So I think he's, you know, he's very attuned to the medical side and uh, what happens with pathogens and otherwise. And obviously the man's a genius to, yeah. to begin with. Uh, so he just seems to be very focused and just has some interesting ideas. So I just, again, I, I haven't sensed a political agenda, pro-Trump, anti-Trump. I think he's just looking at it medically, thinking here's where we need to do medical. And, you know, and I think he's smart enough to keep the economy in mind and not ignore that. So I, I kind of like just hearing what he has to say. Yeah, he's uh, I, I, it'd be hard to uh, ignore him for sure. He definitely has yeah. the, uh, the credentials to back up what he says. Well, Barry, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're super busy. Um, thank you again so much for uh, joining. And um, I guess I'll see you out there. Yeah, let's just all hang in there. I mean, I think Overall, I mean, I, this is a really challenging time. We've, if you've been in biz, any business for a period of time, you've been through tough times. Uh, this is one of those. But I, I am a believer. It always feels bleaker when you're in the middle of it, and that's where we are right now. I mean, yeah. I do. I'm kind. Of, we're going to get through this. Uh, when that is exactly, I don't think any of us knows how we get through this. I don't know that any of us knows, but I know there is. You know, we're going to get to the other side of it. And again, like we talked about, I think there's going to be some real excitement, some real opportunities. And I think things are going to be even stronger than they were before when we get there uh, here in the near future. There you go. That's a good note to end on. Well, thanks again, Barry. I appreciate your time and stay safe. All right. You, you as well, you and your family. All right. Take care. You too. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. I want to take a second here and just remind you that, like I said earlier, my goal is to help reduce the failure rate of restaurants in this country. So what I did is I went on my Instagram and I created a link to my calendar. And if you head there and you click the link in my bio and you scroll down, you'll see that there's a drop down menu there and it says 15 minute phone consultation. So if you're a restaurant owner operator and you just have a quick question, you don't know where to turn, whether it's about operations, whether it's about a startup, how to find money or what to do with this particular server, whatever the case may be, I am there for you. It's a free 15 minute phone consultation and I'm here to help. So if you need it, you know how to find me and continue to listen and support the podcast. I would love if you would uh, share, comment, review, whatever, all that fun stuff. Uh, and I just appreciate the love and support I've been getting for this. So we're going to keep cranking them out. And if you're interested in being on the show, please hit me up. Best way to get a hold of me is on Instagram, or you can always text me at 631-965-1300. Thanks so much again, guys.